Hi friends, welcome to the Unicorn University podcast, where we cover everything from mindset, motivation, inspiration, motherhood, and entrepreneurship, with the subtle touches of weddings, snacks, and your favorite reality TV show. I'm so glad you're here. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Unicorn University podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and today we are talking about all kinds of things. Um my rules of five, because I have a few of them, and reactions. How many times have you had a reaction to something that you later regret? Or how many times have you, as a parent, had a reaction to something that you later regret? Or how many times have you realized that sometimes your reaction wasn't as well as it could have been? You handle it as well as you could in the moment, but it could have been better. So these are all things that I have been taking note of and I've been really thinking about and all things that I want to share because I've been trying to think of the things that have been beneficial to me and to my mindset and to me actually taking action and working towards my goals and to me staying in a happier mental state overall. So these are all things that fall in to that category. So one of the first things that I want to talk about is the five second rule. Now, If any of you have ever heard of Mel Robbins, you know that this is her jam. And she is a coach. She is brilliant. And the five-second rule is simple. If you have an instinct to act on a goal, you must physically move within five seconds or your brain will kill it. So the moment that you feel an instinct or a desire to act on a goal or a commitment, you have to use this rule. So when you feel yourself hesitate before doing something that you know that you should do. You you know that gut feeling that you know you need to do something, but then you hesitate and think of all the reasons why you shouldn't at the same time. What you do is, is you count five, four, three, two, one, go. And then you move toward action. And it sounds completely ridiculous, but I'm telling you that this five second window of action, these, these things add up. So there is a window basically that exists between that moment that you have an instinct to change and your mind killing it. And it's a five second window that exists for everyone. So if you don't take action on your instinct to change, you're going to stay right where you are. You won't, nothing, nothing's going to change. And you can talk about being better and changing things all you want and, you know, making a difference. But if you keep doing the same things over and over again, where's the change? So if you can do one simple thing, you can prevent your mind from working against you, basically. You can start the momentum before all of those negative thoughts and uncertainties and all the reasons that you shouldn't do something kind of take over. So it's as simple as that. You count backwards. Five, four, three, two, one. And the counting focuses you on that goal. It really just... And for me, it it gives me a chance to just slow down. Like that five, four, three, two, one is so slow motion for me because it gives me a chance to slow down and really think about what that first step that I can take. Like y'all heard me talk about goals and how important it is to create an action plan for goals. Well, this is the first step to that. When I have an instinct to act on something or when I have a goal that I'm working towards and all of a sudden this idea pops in my head, I take that and I run with it. So that's when I do my countdown from five And think of what I can do to make a movement and to make progress and to make a shift towards something instead of just sitting here thinking about it and not not doing anything about it. So one 
it's just one simple thing that can prevent your mind from working against you. The counting helps you focus and it helps distract you from the worry. And this rule is about pushing yourself. I mean, it's it's not something that's going to keep you comfortable because you don't ever grow from that. But and when you dive into this more, you'll I mean, Mel Robbins breaks this down into five steps to go with it and I'm not going to cover all of those steps because I just wanted to give you, I just wanted to make this something known because a lot of people don't know about this. Um, and it's something that's really been a game changer for me. But the moment that you actually push yourself and take control, I, I mean, it's not something that's going to be easy and or comfortable, but, you know, doing the same thing over and over is not going to transform your life. So these moments, when these moments come and you feel the instinct you know it's tied to a goal or it's tied to something. So you have that small window to make a difference for it and to to actually act on it. So the other big thing about this is that you have to physically move within those five seconds. Physical movement is key. This doesn't mean you have to jump and, you know, run a marathon or go for a run or whatever. But you have to take some sort of sort of physical action. And and that could literally mean by saying something or doing something or not doing something, you know. It's it's literally just doing something physical to start this five seconds off, basically. Because this five second window it's critical. And it's crazy how much those five second windows of action can add up and make a difference. So it's just it's something that it takes a second to actually implement into your life. And it, it's something that doesn't obviously come second nature. Like you don't have a thought and instantly think I need to count down from five. But if, you know, you keep it in the back of your mind and you all of a sudden have an urge to do something and you try it, it's amazing how it becomes second nature. And I know that sometimes it doesn't always work for me. Like sometimes I just ignore it and I don't move forward and – I think back to like, oh, I had this thought three weeks ago. If I would have just done what I just did now three weeks ago, I'd be that much further ahead. So five-second rule by Mel Robbins is just something I wanted to put on your radar, something I wanted you to think about. Next, I have this rule of fives, five minutes, five days, five years. And it's funny because my husband and I, and I, I use this for everything in my life, but when it comes to my relationship with my husband or, you know, situations like that, this is when it becomes the most obvious for me. And we're women. Or I'm a woman and I, I can nag. I can, I can nag and be annoying. But I've also learned that there are just some things that aren't worth fighting over and aren't worth bitching about and aren't worth being a nag about when I know it's something that I know it's something he's more than capable of doing or my daughter's more than capable of doing or anyone is capable of doing, but is it worth really bringing up that conflict and that confrontation or, you know, saying something when they're already in a bad mood or whatever it may be? Sometimes it's not worth it. So I really think, is this going to even matter in five minutes? Is this going to matter in five days? Because chances are probably not. Do I get pissed when my husband just takes all of his dishes and just puts them in the sink and just fills the sink up instead of putting them in the dishwasher? Yes. But is that going to matter five days from now? No. Sure, it might save me like a solid three minutes if he did it, but it's not worth that argument for me. For you, maybe it is. Maybe you have so much going on that you can't handle that. But And this is just an example. But for me, it's not worth it. 
does it suck when he decides to sub on a bowling league on a night that I have a gazillion things going and then all of a sudden have to scramble to figure out a sitter and dinner and all these things? Yes, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, five years from now, it's not going to matter. So for me, it's it's just really thinking before I react to things and thinking about, is this really that big of a deal? Like in the moment, am I pissed? Yes. In the moment, does something really irritate me? Yes. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal and it's not worth me arguing over or just being mad all the time because the second that there's any kind of confrontation, I shut down and I get anxious and then I can't get rid of that feeling. So for me to stay in that like high vibe, like as positive as I possibly can, I have to decide what's really important for me to bitch about as simple as that really comes down to. So that's just... And, and honestly, it's not even just for my family and my husband and it's, it's work things like simple situations. It's, it's dealing with other people's opinions and ideas. And do I, could I argue with them? Yes. But is it worth it? No. Like what is, what benefit is this going to bring me five days from now? Is it going to even matter five days from now? No. So therefore it's not worth it. I just, and this is where reaction comes in because, you know, it's not, it's not necessary to react to everything that you notice. I mean, or every thought that you have. I mean, give yourself a mental break at some point, you know, instead of reacting to every thought that you have, try letting it go. Because a reaction is what keeps negative thoughts alive. So, you know, if something makes me mad and I have a reaction to it and it's a negative one, then that negative feeling and negative reaction is just going to carry through. So that's where I'm like, you know, as stupid as it might might sound, I just say stay positive and look at the positive in it. My positive is that's not going to matter five days from now. It's not that big of a deal. So you have to make peace with things and you have to release them. And honestly, realizing that, Okay, I'm going to give you a situation and a, and a simple a simple thing. I used to work somewhere um, and I loved the job, but I, I mean, I worked at, in this job, I was in a plant type situation. I was surrounded by a lot of people and um, I got along with almost everybody and there was just a few people. There was one person in particular that we just didn't vibe and the biggest thing that you can do when you're dealing with mean and overly critical people, it didn't matter what I did. Nothing I did was right. Every single thing I did was picked apart. And now me, I've learned from that because I will do everything in my power to never be that kind of person. But I realized in that situation that no reaction was the best reaction because sometimes no reaction to something makes them either look like a fool or it just straight up pisses them off. And At that point in life is when I really learned to guard my energy and to guard myself. And this is going to sound bananas. It's going to sound completely woo-woo and weird. But I'm telling you, every day I would sit in my car before I walked into the office and I would picture for a while I was doing, I was picturing like a big brick wall coming up around me and I was walking around in a big brick bubble all day long so that nothing negative, nothing, nobody else's thoughts, nobody else's energy, none none of that could even touch me. None of that mattered. And when I started doing that and started protecting my energy in general, it made a huge difference. So one day I was sitting in my car and I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, instead of doing a brick wall, 
Like, it, I would. this is literally what I do. I would sit in my car. I would picture a brick wall going up with a bunch of stop signs around it to stop all the negative crap that I didn't want to touch me. And when I would leave work, I would step out of those doors and I would, in my head, watch those walls fall. And it was the best feeling ever. So one day on my way in, I was like, you know what? Instead of doing brick walls today, because granted, though her energy wasn't affecting me anymore, she was still being who she was, you know, and it didn't matter. So I'm like, today we're going to put up mirrors. So whatever energy that she decides to shoot at me, I'm going to direct it right back to her. And we'll see what happens. Literally, I shit you not. I was sitting at my desk. She came up, had something negative to say, something just completely bizarre. And I didn't even respond. I didn't say a single word. And she made a funny face and she just turned out and walked away. It was like what she said came right back to her and she realized how like ridiculous it sounded or I, I don't even know what happened, but I was like, okay. And ever since then, I have been a pro at guarding my energy and realizing how powerful that is and to let go of the things that don't affect me, that go of the things that, you know, aren't mine to hold on to. So when I say make peace and release it, if a thought isn't serving you well, it's time to let it go. If it's, I mean, being aware and being conscious of your mental space, it avoids you becoming super overwhelmed. So when you are in a better mental space, you can react to situations better. And this comes to just in general, but it also comes to your kids. And the other big thing that I've realized too is it's not necessary to react to everything that you notice. Is it easy to? Absolutely. We all have something to say about everything, right? But if someone's in danger or if it's directly affecting you, fine. Then you can take notice. Then you can react to it. The first example that pops in my head is Haley and I were um, at the store last week and we were walking through and I never bat an eye at people's kids in their carts or like, you know, kids walking next to their parents. Like, no, no, I... I don't, it just doesn't phase me, but we were walking down the busiest aisle of the store and there was a kid sitting in the cart, not even one years old, all by themselves. And I walked by Haley, it tripped her up because she almost walked into the cart because she didn't see it, but it tripped me up because this little kid's all by himself and I don't see anyone even close. So obviously I had a reaction to that where I was just like, what's going on? So I stop and I look around and I see the mom like down the aisle and I see her like, make eye contact with me and she works her way back but like that caused a reaction out of me but to see someone yell at their kid you know for doing something that they shouldn't be doing or to do I agree with how they might be parenting maybe not but that's not my place it's not my place to have a reaction to it does what someone decides to do with their kids or family whatever could I have an opinion about it sure but it's not up to me it's none of my it's none of my business. So therefore, why should I have a reaction to it? And I know people could have reactions to things that I do say, whatever, but it's none of their business. So the the biggest thing is is it's not necessary to react to every single thing you notice. It's not necessary to open your mouth when it's not necessary. It's not, you know, or when it's not called for. It's not necessary to, you know, get mad about something that has nothing to do with you do you want to like when somebody hurts somebody in my family or one of my friends does that make me mad and do I have a reaction yes but and and I do that because I care but at the same time 
what is that how is that serving me or how is what is that actually doing for the situation is it feeding the flame or you know is it is it making things worse because if it is then it's something where I need to check myself but one of the biggest things that I realized especially as becoming a mom is how important my reaction is when it comes to dealing with Presley because I've realized and it's a hard thing for me to realize I'm not in control of her behaviors and her thoughts and her feelings as much as I want to be and as much as like as parents we feel responsible for our children children's behavior and their thoughts and their feelings and their outcomes in life and we're highly invested in how they behave because obviously that's a reflection of us and we we tend to believe that like how our child acts is a reflection of who we are but that's an expectation and a pressure to shape kids into who they think they need to be. And that, like realizing that is just mind-blowing because she's not me. She's not, I want her to be her own person. And that is one of the biggest, I want her to be her own person and I want her to have her own thoughts and her own beliefs and those things not be based on what I have. So when she says something or does something, I can't let my reaction be something that's going to make it that's going to change her belief on things and I I want to obviously instill the best values and you know all of these things into her but at the same time I I can't shape her into who I believe she needs to be because if that's all I'm ever focused on I'm my anxiety is never going to go away And when we react a certain way to things our kids do, they react to our reaction, right? Like I realized a long time ago that in the mornings when I would wake Presley up, if I woke her up calm and slow and, you know, had time, she woke up in the best mood ever, every single day. But those days that I woke up rushed, like woke her up and was rushed and trying to get her out the door and hurrying her along and, you know, my mood was anxious and rushed, that is when she acted out every single time. So not only do your kids feed off your energy, but they feed off of your reactions to things. If it's just like when kids start to learn how to walk and they fall for the first time, if they see you go and freak out about them falling down, they're going to immediately start crying. But if you just make a fun noise or make it funny, then they just think it's completely fine. They don't, they don't know how to form those reactions yet. You know, they don't realize the impact certain things have. So, you know, kids' reactivity can be so destructive sometimes because it's an emotional reaction and, you know, emotional reactions don't lead to learning and problem solving or resolution. They're acting off pure emotion and if me at 31 can barely handle my emotions sometimes, I can't expect my three-year-old to. Like, I can't expect her to have her shit together. So basically, it's me reminding myself and I guess trying to remind you to respond instead of react. Because when you respond to something that they do, say they knock a dish off the counter and it breaks, well, I could react and be pissed about it because now I'm down one dish. But instead, I respond to the situation. And when I respond, it just slows the whole situation down. So I'm not letting that knee-jerk reaction kick in because I'm really good at that knee-jerk reaction. Like if I'm in the right mood, the littlest whining, the littlest whining, the littlest things can set me off. And I've become very self-aware of that. So I'm really, really trying to do better. But realizing that 
I have complete control over my emotions between an act and an, between an action and a reaction. I have the space to decide how it's best to respond and to react. They don't. They don't. They they don't. <laughs> and this is, comes. This is the same thing when it comes to other people. You're never fully at the mercy of someone else's behavior. So when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself to control the way that you respond to things. And that's really where the power is. And that's where, you know, becoming a, being a parent is so important. But that, the reaction thing of, you know, realizing that you don't have control over the way other people react or the way they act, but you have control over the way that you act and the way that you react and the way that you behave. And realizing that is, there's so much power to that because, have you ever been in an argument with somebody where you're calm as a cucumber and they're just spitting mad, screaming in your face? And the fact that you're so calm sets them off even more. It's, but because you're being rational and because you realize that screaming back at them is not going to make the situation any better. So reactions are huge. And I, having a toddler, having a three-year-old especially, has made that more and more apparent to me. But I'm not just saying that in a sense of parenting I'm saying that in a sense as a human being like you know reacting to someone because like in a negative way because your coffee order was wrong I can't tell you how many times I've seen people go off on people at a fast food restaurant because their burger was wrong is it life or death like is is this going to be that big of a deal five days from now are you gonna even remember the way that you acted maybe because you acted so ass nine but regardless it's it's about putting things into perspective. So this is how all this kind of comes full circle. My reaction to things, you know, is it going to matter five days, five months, five years from now? Is it worth having a negative reaction to? Is it worth having a reaction to at all? And when it comes to, you know, making moves and going after goals, if I want to make, if I want to make things happen, I have to take action towards them. So, those are my, you know, that's my tidbits for today. <laughs> I kind of went off on a few tangents there, but that's just, that's just where my head's been at. And I realized that I'm not going to force anything with this podcast. I'm just going to talk about the things that have been really important to me and the things that I think sometimes just aren't talked about enough or some things that, you know, people just don't think about. And that's what the purpose of this is today. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. I will be back next week. I'm kind of behind the game this week, but we'll be back next week. And if you could give us a subscribe and leave a review and all of that good jazz, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. But have a great week. Stay warm and 